0: Today, we're going to take a quick look back at the first four months of the Born to be a Badass podcast, and then we're going to look forward to some of the things that you can expect over the next couple of months. Then I am going to address a question that was sent in by one of our listeners. This is the first time that I've actually addressed a question that was sent to me. By a listener. And I got to tell you, I was really stoked when I received this email because it was the very first email that I got from a listener. And we had quite an interesting exchange back and forth. She brought up a couple of really interesting issues and sent me an article to read and also gave me an idea for an episode for the podcast. So I would just love to hear from more listeners about the things that interest you, questions that you might have topics you would love to have covered on the show, and also people that you would love to hear from. I am open to all of that and love to hear from you. So thanks to our first listener who sent in a question, and I'm looking forward to getting more. One thing that you will notice in my intro to the show is I have an extra name, and that's because I actually got married back in August of 2019, And I didn't change my name, but I did add my husband's last name onto mine. So I have not changed my website or my social media things yet, but I thought I would start introducing myself with my new full name. And that's what you're going to hear when we start this episode. Here we go. Welcome to the Born to be a Badass podcast, the show that tackles the subject of women and violence head-on and shines the light on what women need to know and do to be safe. Here's your host, fourth-degree black belt and self-protection expert, Cynthia Jolicoeur-Rude. Welcome to the Born to be a Badass podcast. I'm your host, Cynthia Jolicoeur-Rude. Um, today, we are going to take a look back and look forward and then dive into a really interesting question that was sent to me. So let's start with taking a look back at the first four months of shows. I've got to tell you that when I started this podcast, I had absolutely no idea whether or not there would be an audience for it, and whether or not there would be people who would be interested in hearing about women, violence, and safety And hearing about women who have been through events in their lives that caused trauma or caused a major change in life and a major reevaluation where they had to rebuild after asking themselves, what am I going to do now? I had no idea if there would be interest in hearing from healers or from people who work in support of those who are in domestic violence situations. And I had no idea if people were going to be interested in hearing me sitting on the mic by myself talking about different topics. So it is super exciting to realize that after four months, the listenership has grown and grown and women are sharing the episodes with their friends and colleagues and coworkers. And I'm starting to get emails from women all over the place. I'm super excited by the fact that women are sending in questions because I love nothing better than to. Be given a question to ponder and try to come up with my best, most helpful, most useful answer to it. And often that leads to me not just thinking about my own perspective, but also doing some research and digging and pondering and ruminating and asking sometimes for input from other coaches and friends just to make sure that I can give the best possible answer to the question that I can come up with. So I love getting the questions. Please keep them coming. And if there's any topic that you would like to hear about, send that in to me too, because I am willing to tackle pretty much everything. So if you've got a question or you've got a topic that you want to hear about, just send me a message and I will see what I can do to address your questions and topics. So let's take a quick look back at the first four months of the show. We have had three different self-defense coaches on so far. Tammy Yard-McCracken kicked it off. Then we had Beverly Baker and Kelly Sayer. Then we've had several different survivors of a variety of incidents. We had Shannon Zeman, Dasha Bogdanova, and Davina McKenzie. We've had women who have had different kinds of events in their lives where they had to really reassess, like, what the heck am I going to do now and come up with a different way of living. Those included Haylene Ryan and Leah Van Hoos. We've heard from Ruth Van Darlene, who runs an incredible center that supports women in domestic violence situations. And we've heard from an amazing healer, Lara Eisenberg. We've also had roundtable discussions with Lisa Abbott, Kelly Sayer and Beverly Baker, and my two daughters, Charlotte and Katie. I've done some solo shows on ride sharing, self-defense tools, common beliefs that women hold about self-defense, the mental, emotional, and psychological aspects of self-defense that are fundamental to learning how to protect yourself, how self-defense can help women in domestic violence situations, and how long it takes to learn how to protect yourself. So you can tell by that little list that even though we've only been running for four months, we have covered a whole lot of territory. So what is coming up? Well, we have more healers who work in different modes, more self-defense coaches and martial artists. We have more women who have extraordinary stories of survival and of developing personal power and courage. We have more roundtables coming up, including one on travel safety. And what is going to be new and I hope will intrigue you as much as it does me is a series on how working with horses can heal. So how horses can be used in therapeutic modes in order to help people who have had trauma and violence in their lives. So those are some of the things that are coming up. There is also going to be a virtual summit So, stay tuned on that because that will be coming sometime in the next six months. Okay, well, let's move on to the topic of questions. I mentioned that I have been getting some questions. They've been coming in either by my website or just straight into my email. And I love getting these questions, they're so cool. And it's so exciting to realize that there are women all over the place who are listening to the show. So, today I want to dive into a question that was posed by. Susan W. she actually reached out to me via email and sent me an article to read as part of the topic that she was writing in about and her topic is techniques that can bring a man down quickly and put him out of action. One thing that she referenced in the article that she referenced was about a particular technique that has been taught to women in self-defense programs all over the place and also was specifically mentioned by Ion Hersey Ali In her book, Infidel, it's a technique that is called, and I might be massacring the name because it's a very unusual word, but quaregoys, Q-W-O-R-E-G-O-Y-S. And it is something that apparently Somalian women have been passing down mother to daughter for many generations as a way to deal with potential rape. It's very similar to something that I finally got a label to attach to when I was at the Violence Dynamics Prime program in October. I did a little session with Tammy Yard McCracken on cheats. And this was one of the things that she mentioned and in her languaging, she called it the lawnmower technique. But whether you call it quarrigoys like the Somalian women do, or the lawnmower technique, or the grab and yank. It's pretty much the same thing. A description of it would be that it is a technique where you basically are being attacked by a man who wants to rape you. The assumption is that he's already taken his clothes off, so you have access to bare skin. And it's a groin grab. To do the technique, you basically take your hand... Get your hand between your attacker's thighs, underhanded, as though you are cradling their testicles. You grab hold, dig your fingertips into the skin behind the scrotum. Once you have a good grip, you hold as tight as you can, twist like you're opening a doorknob, and then yank towards you as hard as you can. Key to it is not letting go. Now, in Tammy's description of doing this, it's basically the same kind of a grab, but her visual for it is that you do something similar to what you do when you are starting one of those old-fashioned lawnmowers where there's actually a handle and a cord, and you have to basically yank it, the whole range of motion from close to the lawnmower up to basically your shoulder height. So it's a big range of motion that you just basically yank this handle in order to get the engine to start. So, no matter what you call it, it's a pretty nasty thing to do to somebody and will definitely cause a huge amount of pain. In the article that Susan sent to me, the claim was made that it would cause so much pain that the man on the receiving end would vomit, curl over, collapse, and convulse, and shock and unconsciousness could set in within eight seconds. So, that's a pretty nasty, darn thing to do to somebody. I want to dive in to that technique. And into her question, which was about what techniques can bring a man down and put him out of action quickly. She writes to me, I think that these are the kinds of techniques that are really valuable for women. As too often we hear of how we're supposed to fight back by, for example, pushing a man's chest or trying to push him away when instead it would surely be more effective to go for his eyes, nose, throat, testicles, or knees if we get the chance. Okay, let's dive in here. There's a whole bunch of different ways to peel this onion, so to speak. First, I want to talk about what is your goal in a scenario like this. Obviously, this is not somebody who is just being annoying or obnoxious or a little bit creepy. This is somebody who is... Attacking you with an intention to, at bare minimum, rape you and maximum to torture and kill you. So, what is your goal? In this scenario, it is probably to disable, to render the person unconscious, or to make them dead. Basically, your goal is to put them in a state where they are unable to continue. Now, what is the best way? To accomplish that, to be able to do enough that you can actually get away? Well, the very best thing to do is actually to attack the command center, to attack the brain. Because if you can make somebody go lights out, if you can make their brain stop functioning temporarily, that gives you the time and space to actually be able to get up, get away, and do something else. So, That is your best way to accomplish enough to get yourself to safety. Next best is to destroy a body part that will either A, distract sufficiently that he's no longer focusing on you, but is instead focusing on the amount of pain that he's in, or B, injures in a way that he actually can't continue. And I just want to make a distinction here that Injuring is not the same as hurting. Injuring requires things being broken or destroyed, not just wounded or hurting a little bit. That's a really important thing to think about because one of the common fears that women have is that they might do something that just makes the guy angrier. So that's a valid concern, and... My response to that is if you're in this kind of a life and death situation and you do something that just makes the guy a little bit angrier, then you're not doing it hard enough and you're not doing it with enough force to actually have the impact that you want to have. So the key to this is if you're going to do it, you have to do it all the way. You have to really make it mean something. Why might you not? do it hard enough to have the impact that you need. One reason is a lack of permission on your part. If you don't give yourself permission to injure or potentially kill another human being, then it's going to be really hard for you to do something like this. It might be sort of a mental glitch, a thought of, oh, I could never rip somebody's testicles off. Only really bad people would do something like that that kind of a glitch is something that can make you hesitate and keep you from taking action to the degree that you really need to another thing that might keep you from doing something this extreme is just a flat-out fear what if i do this what if it makes him hurt me more what if it makes his friends angry what if i do it and it doesn't work What if I do it and it does work? What if it makes a mess? What if there's blood? All of those what if questions can come flying into your mind and cause you to hesitate or not act. So what do you need to do to counteract that? Well, my best advice is that if you're in this kind of a situation, you need to know what it can cost you if you don't take action? What could it cost you not to do this? Quite often, it is difficult for us to give ourselves permission to take action to save ourselves if it means hurting another person, even if that person is actually already hurting us. What you need to do in order to be able to do something like this, like actually grabbing, twisting, or ripping somebody's testicles off their body, or as close as you can get to doing that, is to give yourself permission to act, to save yourself, and to know what it can cost you if you don't. This episode is brought to you by Damsel in Defense. Damsel in Defense creates products that allow you to enhance your safety through items that you either carry on your person or in one of your bags or purses, Or the things that you can keep in your home or in your car. Damsel is also involved in fighting human trafficking by creating damsel houses. Currently there are two, one in Cambodia and one in India, where girls are rescued from sex trafficking. They are given housing and shelter and help to form a plan to build new lives so they no longer have to sell their bodies. The goal for Damsel is to have a home in every country that their partner organization, which is called Destiny Rescue, is rescuing in. I became a Damsel rep, not because I really wanted to sell self-defense products, but because so many of my clients wanted to buy them. And I wanted to, A, give them a good vehicle to buy products that I knew were good quality products that are workable, and B, because I wanted to be able to provide them with the training that they need to actually learn how to use these products and have a realistic understanding of when they can and cannot be helpful. So I became a damsel in defense pro, and if you're interested in checking out their products, which cover a wide variety of things, everything from stun guns and pepper sprays to coupons and other striking tools and tactical pens with flashlights and a whole lot more, you can access products from Damsel through my website by going to com slash resources. That's where I've highlighted a few of the products that I really appreciate and that I think are a great value. So check those out if you're interested. And if you want to look through the whole Damsel catalog, you can click through from my website to my Damsel Pro site where you can find all their other products, including books and other materials that you can use to work with your children to begin their journey of knowing how to keep themselves safe. Remember, you don't have to be a damsel in distress. You can protect yourself and you can get some help in doing that through Damsel in Defense. Another consideration is that sometimes women become really attached to things like this and they think of them as like a magic move. So it's like, wow, this is, this is the thing that I need to know. And it is a cool thing to know how to do. However, it might not be the most available option to you in the situation that you're in. And if you are sort of fixated on, oh, I'm going to do that move, I'm going to do that groin grab, you might not actually notice other options that are right in front of you. My advice is to not attach yourself to any particular magic move that is going to save the day, because it may be an appropriate move, and then again, it may not. So you need to be ready and able to adapt to what is presented to you in that moment, and to use a concept that Tony Blower calls the closest weapon, closest target. And that is exactly what it sounds like. You have a ton of weapons that you can use. So not just your hands, you have all kinds of weapons that you can use. And the person who's attacking you has a whole bunch of potential targets, not just the groin. What is going to be most successful for you in getting out of that situation is to apply the closest weapon that you have to the closest target that is available to you. And just remember that may not be something that you see. You might not be able to see it at all. But the cool thing is we're human beings and we process a lot through touch. And so even if you can't see, even if you're blindfolded, for example, you can still get a feel for openings that are there for you to be able to apply one of your tools onto one of his targets. The antidote to being attached to a magic move That may or may not be the better option in a particular situation is to be able to use the closest weapon that you have on the closest target that's available. And then to keep doing that until you've created that opening and that ability to get to safety. What does that mean? That means that you've accomplished enough that you've rendered that attacker disabled, unconscious, or dead, so that he's no longer able to actually continue to assault you. Like all techniques, this groin grab technique has several steps that you have to remember. And in a moment of fear and duress, you might not actually remember them all. This is one of the issues with learning choreographed movements, sequences of movements that you have to memorize in order to be able to do. When you are in that moment and you have adrenaline pouring through you and fear going on, it is really not possible for your brain to get to one of these choreographed sequences of movements. That's not the part of your brain that you're working out of in that moment. It takes a little bit of time for your cognitive brain to catch up to what's going on so that you can access those things that you have memorized. What you need to do is to build a mental blueprint and to create a strong neural pathway through practice and repetition. You need to do this grab and yank, just like you're detaching a reluctant peach off of the tree. And you need to do it from multiple positions. Now, just a note here, you have to do this slowly. You don't want to do it at full speed. You don't even need to do it at full speed in order to build the pattern in your brain. But you need a partner that you can work with so that you can get into different positions and go through the motions of doing this groin grab. Do it super, super, super slow. Remember, it doesn't have to be full speed to create the pattern. And, of course, you don't want to injure your training partner. You're probably going to want to train with them another day. And they're probably a good person. So you don't want to go full speed. You just want to go through the motions, do it slowly so that you start to create that mental blueprint and that neural pathway in your brain of what this actually feels like to do. If you don't have a man who is willing to let you use him as what Rory Miller likes to call a meat puppet, even doing the motions without a partner will help. If you visualize the scenario and you remember to do the whole range of motion, that's really important because what you practice is what you're going to build as a pathway. You don't want to do it, for example, if you have a partner, you don't want to practice this and not actually grab hold. You don't want to do that because then in the moment, if you are faced with a situation where you actually can do it, you may not actually grab hold. So you want to do it as realistically as you possibly can, and you want to make sure you do the full range of motion. So even if you don't have a partner, visualize exactly what it is that you're doing. Make it as realistic in your mind as you possibly can, and do it over and over and over again. Consider what would have to happen in order for you to find yourself in a situation where you would need to protect yourself by crushing a man's testicles. Ambushes by strangers do happen, but most attacks on women are committed by people that they know. They're intimate partners or family members, might be a work colleague, a date, or just a casual acquaintance. So think about what would have to happen for one of those people to have the opportunity to put you in this position. And then think about how you could avoid those things actually happening. Because obviously the very best thing is to not find yourself in this situation in the first place. There are usually warning signs, even with surprise attacks by strangers. It's really important to understand how predators and other assorted bad guys actually work. It's also extremely important to understand situational awareness, and it's super important to listen to and take action based on your instincts and intuition. That's hugely important. It's all about paying attention to that bad feeling that is a signal to us that something that is happening near us may be dangerous. Tony Blauer likes to talk about something he calls the Star Trek model, which is basically the notion that somehow you magically beam into a situation out of nowhere. You just materialize right in the middle of a scenario. And I find that to be a really helpful concept because that is not what happens in reality. We don't just suddenly happen to be in the middle of a situation. There is always something that comes before us being in a situation. Okay, so I'm going to wrap it up now because I think that's kind of a lot to absorb in one little session. And what I want to say is you may be asking yourself whether or not there's any point in learning a technique like this. After all, I did say that in that sort of oh shit moment, When you're adrenalized and you're scared and things are going down, you're going to be operating in the part of your brain that is all about survival. You're not going to be in the cognitive part of your brain where you can pull up a memorized technique. And my answer to that is yes, absolutely. You should learn techniques like this. Do the kinds of things that I mentioned about practicing and creating a mental blueprint so that if you are ever in a situation, your brain has a quick answer to the problem right there. Your brain has a quick solution and can get there faster. However, don't put all of your self-protection eggs in this one basket. And don't expect it to work as planned. For example, you may be attacked by somebody who is in an altered state because they've been taking some kind of substance or drugs, and their pain response may not be normal. Their physiology is always going to respond, but their pain response may not be what you expect it to be. Make sure that you are clear on why it is okay for you to go to such an extreme to save yourself. How do you do that? Well, Know your own worth and know what it could cost you and your loved ones if you hesitate or you don't act decisively. These are some of the aspects of self-protection that we dive into in the Born to be a Badass prep school online and in my hands-on seminars and retreats. If you are interested in learning more or you just want to talk to me, you can go to my website and sign up for a personal safety preparedness consultation. And that's also where you can grab a free report called The 10 Must Know Tips to Avoid Being Assaulted. If you are interested in booking me for a talk or a seminar, just send me a message via the website, which is CynthiaJoliker.com, or you can connect with me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. If you work in the self-defense world, you are a survivor, a healer, or otherwise badass woman. And you would like to be interviewed on the podcast, just reach out to me. My email is Cynthia at Jolie And I'll put all of those contact things in the show notes so you can reach out to me. That's it for today. I want to say thank you to Susan for sending in the question. And thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening to all of the shows and for sharing it with all of your friends and colleagues. I truly appreciate their response and the engagement and your interest in not just increasing your own ability to keep yourself safe, but also to let other women know the things that they need to learn in order to protect themselves. Stay safe and be a badass. You've been listening to the Born to be a Badass podcast. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode and be sure to share it with your friends. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and a review. Tune in regularly for more exciting insights and wisdom on women, violence, and safety. And until next time, embrace your inner badass.